0: Hillbilly Horror Stories presents... Eerie Encounters. After buying the house, Jerry and I immediately went to work. With a hammer in each hand and the will to make a home out of a real fixer-upper, we set our goal to start with the most important rooms, the kitchen and the bathroom. The bedrooms were next, followed by the living room and the dining room. We decided to leave the outside of the house for the very last. The roof had been patched six years before with hot tar, so we felt that it could withstand the elements for another year or two. We spent the days in our new house hard at work. Our evenings were spent in a beat-up old trailer that we had bought and parked on the property. It was nice to have the trailer to rest in after a day of dust and sweat. Eventually, the kitchen was completed, and in a few days, so was the bathroom. The two upstairs bedrooms were next. Strange things began to happen to both of us, after we decided one day to tackle the bedrooms. One morning after breakfast, I left Jerry at the kitchen table reading the paper as I walked up the short flight of stairs to the second floor. As I reached the top floor, the door in one of the bedrooms slammed shut with a loud bang. The noise was loud enough to startle one of our small dogs. He ran right up the stairs and up the door where he excitedly barked and barked. Jerry, who was in the kitchen, called out to me. Hey, what's going on up there? I answered nothing. The wind just blew the door shut. Jerry called to our dog, who was still upstairs with me, and as he ran down the stairs, I approached the door and reached for the knob. I turned the knob and pushed on the door to open it. I heard the clicking sound that the knob made, but it would not open. I thought it might have gotten stuck from the force of the slam, so I played with it for a second or two. I managed to open it about an inch Then it came flying right back to its closed position. I had a feeling that something just was not right. I called for Jerry. Get up here right now. I told her that I thought someone was in the bedroom. We readied ourselves for the possibility of encountering a prowler. Again, I turned the knob and pushed on the door. This time it gave a little and with Jerry's help, it opened. We entered the bedroom and immediately felt a cold chill. An overwhelming feeling of what I can only describe as heaviness or thickness hung in the atmosphere of the room. Jerry said, let's get the hell out of here. We both rushed down the stairs and into the kitchen. Noticing our excitement, our two little dogs barked like crazy animals. Needless to say, we decided to leave the cleaning of the bedrooms for another day. The memory of what had happened to us that morning stayed with us throughout the day. That evening, we were having dinner and once again sitting at the kitchen table. Our only form of entertainment at the time was the radio, which was plugged into one of the few working electrical outlets in the house in the living room. Suddenly, our dogs began to bark. Above our heads on the second floor, Jerry and I heard the hurried footsteps of someone suddenly running from one end of the bedroom to the other. We looked at each other and froze. Between the footsteps, the barking dogs, and the music on the radio, our senses became overloaded. We were scared and again concerned that someone might be in the house. Jerry stayed in the kitchen while I ran to the trailer. Ready to confront any burglar, I loaded our shotgun and returned to the kitchen. With the dogs leading the way, Jerry and I cautiously walked up the stairs. Jerry reached out for the light switch and the single light bulb hanging from the wires at the top of the stairs turned on. Our dogs dashed into the same bedroom where we had experienced the negative vibes earlier in the day. Then they ran out crying as if someone had hit them. I immediately thought no SOB was going to hit our dogs. I yelled out, Hey, we've got a gun. Get out of the room now. The only sound we heard was the sound of our dogs barking behind us. Then I yelled out, I said, I've got a gun. Get out now. There was no answer. We decided to enter the room anyway. We soon discovered that there was no one in the bedroom. We checked the closet and opened the closet window and looked outside. No one. We then checked the adjacent bedroom and again the window was closed shut and was empty. We were at a loss to explain what was going on. We sat down at the top of the stairs trying to make sense of something that made no sense. Jerry began to cry, and I placed my arm around her. She was really frightened. Just then, we heard a hideous laugh, followed once again by the slamming sound of the bedroom door. I got up, and I pointed the gun at the door. Get out of here, I say. Out here now. The laughter began again, and with the courage that even surprised me, I walked to the door and turned the knob and kicked it open. The room was empty. That was enough for us. We took off out the house and spent the most nervous night we had ever had locked in the trailer. In the comforting light of the morning we walked out of the trailer and whistled for our dogs. The dogs were nowhere to be seen. They were probably out amongst the desert brush chasing a skunk or something. I grabbed my gun once again and we cautiously re-entered the house. It was strange to be walking softly as though we were visitors in our own home, but we did not want to take any chances. Upstairs, nothing seemed strange or out of place. The feeling was totally different from the frightful night before. Everything seemed calm and peaceful. As the morning progressed into the afternoon, we returned to our normal working routine. When one of our dogs reappeared, Jerry became concerned about the whereabouts of our other dog. After searching for a few minutes, Jerry came running to where I was mixing paint. Jerry cried, Come look, I found our other dog, and she's dead. I followed her inside the house to the living room. There in the corner, where a water pipe was exposed next to the wall, was our little dog. Her head was at an angle, lodged tightly between the wall and the pipe. There was no rational reason for this to have taken place. None at all. We had to forcefully pull the pipe away from the wall in order to dislodge our poor dog's head. We buried her in the yard and, of course, cried for days. Everything was so mysterious to us. The footsteps, the laughter, the slamming doors, the eerie feelings in the bedroom, and now the death of our dog. The weeks passed and we did not experience any further strange happenings. The energy and the time that we had put into the house was showing. It looked great. We then progressed to the second floor. We started with the farthest bedroom. After that one was completed, we entered the bedroom where we had weeks before experienced the ghostly happenings. The walls were covered in a very old print wallpaper, which we wanted to immediately remove. There were faded square marks on the wallpaper that showed where picture frames had hung for many years. Jerry was going to tackle the removing of the wallpaper while I scraped the old paint off the window and the door. Jerry can tell you what she discovered. As I was tearing away the old wallpaper, I reached a part of the wall about two feet above the floor. I pulled the paper away from the section of the wall and underneath were what appeared to be bloodstains on the wallboard. I called Lisa to look at this and give me her opinion. She also said that it appeared to be old, dried blood we got goosebumps. I quickly tore away the rest of the paper and as soon as Lisa finished mixing the paint, I painted over the wall and the stains. The following day, we brought in a bed, a dresser, a small table, and a lamp and we were done at last. We had a gathering of friends over one day who had traveled from Phoenix. They greeted us with housewarming gifts. They loved the house and the decorating we spent so much effort on. Five of our visitors chose not to make the long drive home that evening, so they decided to spend the night. We stayed up late that night, eating, drinking, and enjoying each other's company in the living room. Suddenly, we heard a loud crash come from one of the upstairs bedrooms. We ran up the stairs, and when we tried to open the door, I found that it was not opening. Now, with all of our friends witnessing, I pushed and pushed. Just as before, I knew that there was someone inside that bedroom pushing against my efforts. I could feel the power of someone playing tug-of-war with me. A friend came to my rescue, and with her help, we opened the door wide. We were not ready for the scene of destruction the bedroom was in. The lamp lay broken on the floor, and the blankets were all strewn around the room. Strangest of all was the wall by the bed. The bloodstains had reappeared. They had come through the newly painted wall. We all were taken aback by the sight. Our friends said, girls, you've got ghosts in this house. Well, Lisa and I kept quiet. We knew she was right. With the help of our friends, we cleaned the mess up in the bedroom and returned to the living room. Lisa and I informed our friends of the other happenings we'd experienced months before. Everyone was shocked to hear our story. As the discussion continued, suddenly from the upstairs came that horrible laugh once again. We all heard it. Our friend Yolanda let out a scream. We pleaded with everyone to help us solve this thing once and for all. We decided to walk up the stairs and talk to the ghost and ask it to leave the house. After all, there were strength in numbers, so we went up to the bedroom. The bedroom door was wide open. On the bed we had just remade lay clothes. The pieces of clothes were arranged on the bed in the form of a body. The only thing missing was the actual body. They were neatly placed in such a way as to give us the impression that a body was lying in a coffin. The arms of the shirt were folded at the elbows and crossed over the chest. I grabbed the clothes and threw them back in the closet. We decided to immediately hold hands and form a circle and pray. We prayed to Jesus to remove this ghost or ghost and to forever cleanse our house of any evil. We took turns asking for blessings and help. Suddenly, in the middle of our ceremony, we heard the quick footsteps of someone rushing down the stairs and out the kitchen door. We held onto each other's hands with such a force. I cried and I thanked Jesus for getting rid of the ghost. I knew that would be the end of our hauntings. We all felt so wonderful after that. Thankfully, we have not had anything else happen to us in that house since that night. That story is from Lisa and Jerry from Chino Valley, Arizona. I'm originally from Wells, and I'm the bar manager of the Grand View Lounge inside of the Jerome Grand Hotel in Jerome, Arizona. Prior to working at the hotel, I was told about scary things that had taken place in the building. My only experience with ghosts took place right here in the bar of the Grand View Lounge. As I was entering the lounge one day, I saw a fellow worker standing behind the bar. Strangely standing directly behind her was a woman whom I did not recognize. The strange woman was not very old, about in her late 20s I would guess. She had long dark hair, it was pulled back, and she was wearing a white blouse with a high collar. Over the blouse she wore a dark jacket. My impression was that this woman was wearing clothing of a bygone time. I soon could tell that this woman did not want me to notice her because I began to stare at her, and she quickly turned around and went through the doorway into the back storage room of the bar. There is no exit door in the storage room, just one way in, one way out. So I asked the employee, what the hell is that woman doing here in the bar? The employee was perplexed at my question because she responded with, "Uh, what woman? There's no one here. So I tell her that I had seen this woman standing right behind her, and that she literally just walked away into the storage room. The employee was speechless because she obviously did not see the woman. So I decided to investigate the storage room. When I did, I found no one in sight. I knew immediately that the strange woman I had just seen was a ghost. I've lived in a lot of places where ghosts are regularly seen, so I guess I accept such things and didn't get very excited. I accept them for what they are and I leave it at that. I've not heard of other staff or guests seeing this spirit in the lounge. But some people might not wish to tell about such experiences, you know. However, one story in particular that I can recall is about a woman guest. One evening, the woman removed her necklace and earrings and placed them on the table by her bed. After waking up in the morning, she reached for her jewelry and discovered that her necklace and earrings had fused together in a clump of melted gold. I've also heard talk of a ghostly little boy about the age of six or seven who appears on the third floor. He is seen with a playful grin on his face, and then he just disappears. My name's Teresa and I'm originally from Tyler, Texas, and I've been working at Big Nose Kate's Saloon in Tombstone, Arizona for seven months as a waitress. My first experience with the ghost of the saloon happened only two weeks after I started work. It was around high noon when I was standing on the south end of the bar. I was talking to a gentleman customer who was seated across the bar from me. Suddenly I felt the presence of someone come up behind me and just as quickly, Felt two fingers give my rear end two hard pinches. I immediately turned around to confront the vulgar man who had rudely done this, but when I turned, there was no one there. I had been told by other employees that the saloon was haunted. After this experience, I was definitely convinced of this. My second experience happened just about two months ago. Again, this took place around noon. I was walking toward the bar carrying a tray of drinks. Suddenly, I heard a loud male voice call out, Teresa! I turned and saw no one. This has happened more than once to me, and also in the presence of others. This initially left me with a confusing feeling, but soon I realized that Felix was behind it. Felix is the name that the employees have given to what we believe to be the Swamper. Anyway, I knew Felix was behind everything. I don't know why he chose to play these rude-natured pranks on me. Why is he trying to provoke me? I just wish he would just come out and speak to me. I don't think I would be frightened, but maybe I might be. That story is from Teresa in Tombstone, Arizona. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.